The time has finally come. Friendship 4 in Belfast, Northern Ireland. UMass is taking on UMass Lowell in Game 1, and we're going to get you guys ready for it. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 52 of High Character. The time has come. It is time for the Friendship Four in Belfast, Northern Ireland. We are coming at you with the preview for that trip. Uh, mostly going to be talking about game one in this episode, but also a little bit about the trip to Belfast in general. My name is Cameron, and I am joined by my good friend, Evan. Evan, how are you feeling, man? Why are you going to ask me dumb questions, Cameron? I'm feeling amazing. This is awesome. It's, it's what we've been waiting for since whenever we started planning this in like April or whatever. I think you, you said the, the month last episode and I already forget, but it was the beginning of May. Yeah, that sounds about right. While like, ago. Yeah, this, this has been going through our heads for quite a bit and for good reason. It's going to be a fun trip. You know, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. There's going to be the team that we love playing on a very nice uh, international stage, if, if I do say so. Yeah, I think this is going to be an awesome experience and genuinely could not be more hyped to talk about it right now and to hopefully get into it starting tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're recording on Wednesday, the day before we leave for Europe. So um, just getting everything in order, just about ready to go. We'll talk about this game one first, and then the second half of the episode, we'll kind of talk about our trip and what we got planned, uh, what we got planned for content as well for you guys. So Game one, UMass is playing a familiar foe, UMass Lowell. Um, their first time meeting this season, surprisingly, is going to be overseas. And the winner of this game will take on the winner of Quinnipiac versus Dartmouth. But uh, Lowell, looking very solid this year, should be a, a really solid game overall. Yeah, they look like a pretty good team. Um, they're As much as I hate to say it and I hate to give Lowell props, they're, they're a very, very solid team this year. So... We're, we got our work cut out for us, quite frankly. Um, if there's anything that I can immediately glean from looking over their schedule right now, it seems that they're a very good team at home. They're six and one at home, and they're only two and four away. Doesn't get much more away from your home ice than Belfast, Northern Ireland. So I think, I think we're setting ourselves up for at least, you know, in terms of facing our opponent, we might have a little bit of an upper hand. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but again, I'm not even sure if our away record's been all that solid. I think we've been a very, you know, dominant home team as well. So we're kind of we're kind of both in that category. So, you know, we might be on a bit more of an even playing field rather than an advantage. But yeah, just overall, I think uh, we we have a chance. You know what I mean? Like I think Lowell has had some pretty solid victories on their schedule overall. They've played against some really good hockey East teams because almost every team in hockey East right now is pretty dangerous. So getting a win over any sort of hockey team in general is a pretty solid win for, for everybody involved. But yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a tough game, especially considering what we've done recently in our schedule. Yeah. Both teams playing pretty poor on the road this season. This game will technically count as a neutral site for the, for the records, but you're right. Couldn't, couldn't be any further from home playing this one. Lowell comes in with an eight and five record. They, uh, Against St. Lawrence, they won. Miami of Ohio, a win and a loss. Michigan State, a win and a loss. Northeastern, a win. BU, win and a loss. Vermont, two wins. BC, a loss. And UConn, uh, an overtime win and a loss. So 
kind of going through that gauntlet of hockey East upper tier teams so far and kind of kind of playing 500 it seems against the against the bigger name teams and uh, this should be no different another premier hockey East matchup so um, yeah not not much to me at least jumps off that schedule in their eight and five record yeah I mean I think the only thing is people may look at the Michigan State games and be like oh you know like what's Michigan State even up to they're a really solid team this year so I think splitting against them is actually a pretty decent, you know, series for the most part, at least for them. Um, Michigan State's been, I think they're ranked at this point. I think by the time that they played them earlier in the season, they they weren't ranked. But now I'm pretty sure they're up in the top 20. So Michigan State has been quite a solid team. I mean, overall, their strength of schedule, if you disregard, I mean, Miami of Ohio is kind of meh, and they, they dropped a game against them. So, I mean, that's probably their, like, really – you know, big blunder on their schedule, but they took care of business against Vermont. And really that's like the only kind of low quality game that they have on their schedule. All the other teams that they've played against so far are either, you know, close to ranked or they are ranked basically at this point. So they, they definitely have some, some really solid wins in their schedule. And, you know, obviously we do as well. We're going to get into that, but yeah, I think, I think recency bias alone, I think Lowell has had, has had the better, the better shake of the, of the schedule so far. Yeah, the the strength of schedule is pretty similar. Um, UMass comes in six five and one. Uh, they tied against AIC, two wins against Denver, who was number one at the time, two wins against Union, who uh, pretty bad this year, and then uh, an OT win and an OT loss to Merrimack, two losses, one of them in overtime to Providence, two losses to BU, and then the UNH win last Friday. So um, UMass a little fairing a bit better against some similar opponents in hockey East, but uh, overall both teams have had pretty tough schedules. It seems. Yeah. I just, I just don't want like everyone listening to think that I've like, I've immediately gone soft, like on the team. You know what I mean? Like, I think I've just learned, I got to respect the opponents a bit more, especially when they're hockey East opponents, everybody's just really good now. You know, I think I, I was letting Providence have it. I was letting BU have it. We got burnt. You know what I mean? I don't, I want to kind of temper the expectations be a bit more objective rather than be just a complete and utter homer, at least until, you know, things say otherwise. I think, you know, if we go on a crazy run again, you'll see me in full homer mode and we can just completely take on any team in the world and decimate them. But as it stands right now, I'm going to be a bit more of a, of a smart, silent observer, and I'm going to look at things with a bit more objectivity. So yeah, I still think we have a very solid shot, but I'm going to, I'm going to give Lowell the, the respect that they currently deserve. So that I'll leave it at that. Yeah, they definitely do deserve some respect. Um, and the guys who deserve it the most, in my opinion, on their team are their goaltenders. Henry Welsh seems like their go-to guy. He's got nine games started, a 9.35 save percentage, and 1.76 goals per game. But their backup, Gustavs Davis Griggles, has four games started, a 9.31 save percentage, and a 1.97 goals per game average. So um, both of these goalies really getting it done when they're turned to and. Uh, it's led to just 1.9 goals against as a team. So really, really solid in the goaltending and defensive end. Yeah, I don't really know too much about like what Lowell's had to go through in terms of their goaltending. But when I look at the stats and I look at the games played, their games played is basically identical to what we have on our two goalies. Um, I'm not sure if they're kind of just having an open competition and it seems like Welsh is kind of the guy that they're just leaning towards. But 
yeah, it looks extremely similar to what we had at least, you know, a couple of weeks ago where we had two goalies with extremely good stats and we just weren't really sure who was going to break away with the, with the starting job. I'm kind of expecting similar vibes with this sort of situation. I think Gustav's was a transfer from I think university of Alaska. If I'm, if I'm correct, I think it was Anchorage or it might've been Fairbanks. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was an Alaska school. And if you're playing in Alaska, you're, you're not going to have an amazing team around it, especially as a goalie. Like it's, they're just not an amazing top tier program. So when he moves to a hockey school, like he does, you know, he's going to get much better defense around him just as a byproduct of being in a better conference. And uh, he's taking advantage of it. It looks like he's kind of doing his thing right now, but just doesn't have the games played. So I have no idea who we're going to see, you know, when we play against Lowell, I'm going to go on a limb and say probably Henry Welsh. Cause I think he was their guy last year as well. So I'm just going to go with what we already know. Yeah, it does seem pretty similar to UMass. Uh, they have Luke Pavisic, who has eight games started, and Cole Brady with four games started. And uh, our, in our discourse over the whole season, it seemed like a flip-flop. But when you look at the numbers, they, it does seem like Pavisic is the guy that they do lean on more. Um, UMass goaltenders, their numbers are a step down from the two guys at Lowell. Uh, Pavisic has a 9-2-3 save percentage and 2.57 goals per game. And Cole Brady has a 919 save percentage with 2.9 goals per game. Um, and just based on having seen every game this season and watched what's happened, can't really blame the goalies for a lot of the goals that we've seen, especially in Hockey East play. So these numbers might be a little bit misleading. Both have played pretty well, but I think we lean Pavisic to start game one, I think. After yeah, I agree. Win. Yeah, no, I definitely think Pavs is the guy for for right now. And I mean, the stats that they have right now aren't even that bad in the grand scheme of things. Like, I feel like we kind of have to take into account the fact that they started off super strong and then the past, you know, three, four, you know, weekends or so it's been pretty bad. You know what I mean? So everything's kind of going to equalize into it being a pretty decent season for them overall. You know, they're, you know, just like with the team success, extremely streaky, you know what I mean? You're going to go with, 30 something safe shutouts and then you might get chased out of the net off of 18 shots against, you know, it's just going to happen that way. You know, it's unfortunate, but that's just the way that the past couple weekends have gone. So yeah, I do think though Pavisic is going to be the guy I think, you know, again, at least for now, I don't really think that the coaching staff has a bona fide starter because with these sort of stats, nobody's really locked down the net. You know what I mean? It's just going to be, did you play poorly enough to get chased out of net? And then we'll have to, you know, relook at our goalie situation. You know, that's what the coaching staff has basically been going off of on a game to game basis at this point. And I expect it to continue until someone really gets a really, really strong stat line going and kind of keeps it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And with the, um, the numbers that we see from UMass, pretty high save percentages and uh, also kind of high goals per game, which tells you that uh, opposing teams are ripping a lot of shots off against them. So um, something that the the defense has to lock up a bit more than it being the goalie's fault. But the guys on Lowell that are going to be taking shots on UMass, um, they don't score a ton. Um, they're only at 2.6 goals per game. And their leading scorer, uh, Carl Berglund, he has six goals, five assists, and 11 points. And you look down that lineup there, uh, it's pretty pretty well balanced with the points, and I think even more well balanced than UMass is is in terms of shots. Uh, it seems like everybody's kind of getting opportunities on that team, so not really anybody or any one specific line to pinpoint from what I could see from this Lowell team. 
Yeah, not really. I mean, from what I'm looking at just on their stats alone, like you kind of said, you know, they score decently, nothing crazy, but I think that kind of shows how, you know, at least from what I remember from watching this team, you know, whenever they play UMass is they're always very, very defensively responsible. They are just, they work really hard to try and limit shots whenever possible and play really smart in front of their goalie to try and limit, you know, high scoring chance opportunities. So that's just the type of team that you're going to play against. You know, it's always going to be a really grindy, tough 60 minutes of hockey where you're just hoping to just barely outscore them. It never really seems like you're going to get a major blowout against, against Lowell. They're always going to have their, their heads right in the thick of it. So it's, it's going to be a tough game, you know, especially for it being the first game in Belfast, you know, you got to make sure the boys are locked in for this sort of game because, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on before these games, you know, you know, they're in Belfast. They've been in Belfast, I think since Sunday, you know, they've, they've had their times to hang out, to enjoy, you know, what Belfast has to offer. Just like we're going to be, when we go there, it's going to be awesome. But boys really got to be ready to go for that first game because I don't want the first game to be a wake up call again, where we, you know, play lax days ago and we get absolutely destroyed. And then we figure it out in the second game. And then we sit there and think, where the hell was that in the first game? You know, I think we got to treat Lowell with a lot of respect and we got to really come out and play 60 minutes of extremely, extremely intense hockey. Yeah, you do make a good point there about the games being kind of grinded out. I remember any UMass Lowell versus UMass game I can remember in recent history has been almost frustrating to watch even when we win. Uh, thinking most recently of the Hockey East semifinals last year, um, UMass won three to one, I believe, but it was just a frustrating game uh, all the way through right up until the end. So that's just their play style. And we expect more of that for sure. On the UMass end, uh, the leading scorer is actually a tie between Kenny Connors and Reed Lepster. Both of them have five goals, eight assists for 13 points. Um, and I mentioned earlier when I was talking about the Lowell scores, pretty well balanced down the, down the point sheet, uh, pretty well dispersed, but a little bit of disparity in terms of who's taking those shots kind of um, top loaded, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we have a pretty, you know, I think our top five scorers are all in double digits, and then it kind of drops off to seven points from then on with Lautenbach and Mercury. But, yeah, I still think that we are, you know, we talked about this in previous episodes, but we are very, very, very willing to share the puck. You know, like, I think, you know, sometimes that can be an issue. You know, it can be a fault sometimes where, you know, we really need to develop that kind of killer instinct to just take a really good shot from a good scoring opportunity rather than make the extra pass and make it a literal tap in. I think there's definitely moments where we just need to grip it and rip it, as they say, you know, just really get a nice quality shot on net. But yeah, overall, I think, you know, we, again, our, our stats have been a bit inflated by the union series. I think we can kind of admit that a little bit, especially with our recent games put into, into our hockey lens, if you will. But yeah, the numbers are still there. We still, you know, on our day can be very dangerous. It's just we have to find that sort of offensive consistency again because, again, looking at previous games, you know, recently, it's been very hot and cold in terms of scoring. You know, like we put up four, you know, four goals against uh, UNH, but then we can barely get one or two against BU. Like we got to make sure that we're there every night being able to, you know, the bare minimum we got to average at least three goals a game, I think. I think that's key. Yeah, one thing that concerns me a little bit is this team gets a ton of their goals off of the power play. They're mm-hmm. nearly 42% on the power play this season, which is uh, astronomically high. 
Uh, one, the thing that concerns me is Lowell has a very good penalty kill. Um, they only give up a goal 12.8% of the time. So if you, you kind of neutralize that one skill that UMass has, they're going to have to find a way to score goals um, in even strength, which has been a bit tough for them this season. That's definitely one thing I'm going to be looking out for in this game. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not – I don't have the actual, like, per-game stats for the uh, the Riverhawks in front of me, but, I mean, just looking at, like, their individual stats per player, it seems like they're giving up a decent amount of penalty minutes overall. So, I mean, granted, they do give up a lot of penalty kill opportunities. The ones that they have to deal with are being dealt with quite well. So, I think, you know, the, the special teams could very well be a major, you know, X factor in this, in this at least one game, you know, that, that could be huge. If we can outskate them for, you know, a couple of really, really solid minutes of hockey and pick up a couple of power plays and we can do something with them, that could easily be the difference between a win and a loss right there. And obviously we want to, you know, get as metaphorically as far as we can into this four team tournament as possible. You know what I mean? We want to get the, the, the win on, on Friday night so we can go into Saturday and most likely play Quinnipiac. I don't want to play, you know, big time predictor here, but if it's Quinnipiac versus Dartmouth, come on, who do, who do we think? Come on, let's, let's be real here. But again, it's college hockey. Anything can happen. So I've been, believe me, I can admit that I've been wrong on this, on this podcast many times before. So we'll, we'll see how that shakes out, but yeah, penalty kill and just special teams in general will be huge. I think for the minimum. Yeah, and then one more thing I think is going to be interesting to watch is uh, it's pretty rare to see a team be better at face-offs than any Greg Carvel run team, but Lowell is actually better at face-offs than UMass as they're coming in at 55.3%. So um, another way in which this Lowell team could possibly neutralize the strength of UMass. So um, I think think the, the skills of both of these teams are going to be pretty... Uh, evenly pitted against each other should be a solid solid watch for sure yeah and that was going to be the thing that I wanted to kind of be like my final point I guess on this episode is just every single game against Lowell is always so close like whenever I think of a of a Lowell in a UMass game together it's just three two that happens almost every time I don't I have zero stats to back this up I didn't look up any of the scores beforehand to see if I have any sort of leg to stand on when I say this but in most games that I can remember against Lowell, it's always been a three, two, whether it's an OT regulation, win, loss, whatever, there's always a three and there's always a two on the score sheet. And it's baffling to me, but that's kind of the last thing that I wanted to mention was I think if we get three goals and against, against Lowell, because they haven't really let up that many goals at all this season in the grand scheme of things, if we can pot three against them, I like our chances. I think that's kind of the magic number is, you know, and that, that kind of, that, that works out for a lot of teams. I feel like if you score three goals, you put yourself in a pretty solid, you know, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? A, a, a very solid, ah, I can't think of the word right now. I guess you're, you're putting yourself in a good position to win. Yes. There we go. Position. Finally, I get the word. Good Lord. But yeah, I think, you know, if you get three, you're really going to set yourself up for success. And I'm frankly hoping that's what we do on Friday because it's it's not going to be easy, I don't think. This is not going to be an easy game, and it's not meant to be easy. It's a hockey East matchup. That's just the way these things go this season. So I'm looking forward to it, but a little nervous at the end of the day. Yeah, and just given the the low-scoring games that Lola's played this year, I think three is a good magic number if UMass can get there. But, hey, it's it's a neutral site in a foreign country, so anything can happen. Who knows what the ice is going to be like uh, from the pictures that I saw. There's a ton of advertisements on it 
mm-hmm. uh, which you're used to seeing a lot in European hockey. So um, it's going to be an interesting watch for sure. I am not sure if that this game counts as a hockey East game yet. Um, I, I, we, we will get that information to you hopefully by the recap, if it counts in the standings or not, I'm not exactly sure right now, but the game will be at 2 PM Eastern time. It'll be seven o'clock start in uh, North Ireland. And if UMass is to win, they will take on the winner of the other game, Quinnipiac versus Dartmouth. And that will also be at two. If they are to lose, they will play against the loser of that game, and it will be at 10 a.m. here. So uh, some morning hockey would be fun. I think we're all rooting for them to get the the second game. And if if they do get to that second game, it'll very likely be Quinnipiac because they're ranked fourth in the country, and Dartmouth is having a pretty pretty tough season. But overall, should be a should be a really fun tournament. Oh, definitely. And yeah, just to touch on the point real quick, I I tried to do a little bit of you know, investigation here and on the UMass schedule, this is listed as a hockey East matchup, but yet on the Lowell schedule, it's not. So in, in classic university of Massachusetts fashion, nobody can agree with each other and things <laughs> can't get done. So who knows what that means, but we will definitely try and get to the bottom of that because it seems like there is no clear answer here. Um, yeah, that's all I really had to say about that. But, um, yeah, looking forward to the game as always. <laughs> <laughs> and we will uh we'll have the game recap after this one ends and we'll do a little bit of preview for whoever the opponent is. Can't really do a preview right now for an opponent that we don't know who it is. So we're gonna have to hold off on that one. But um yeah, that's about it for anything else you want to touch on in the games before we hop into what we're doing in Belfast. No, I'm really interested to get into uh what we're doing in Belfast because not trying to detract away from any UMass hockey here, but I think this is this is pretty damn cool in its own right. I think what we're what we're going to be he- heading out to do in Belfast, so I'm very interested to talk about that now. Yeah, from what we've heard from uh, people that listen to the pod, people are interested to hear what we're doing. So we'll be uh, posting a ton throughout this entire thing. We leave Thursday night, so Thanksgiving night, and we're flying red eye to London, and which and then we have a um, a layover to go to Belfast. So We'll be in Belfast midday Friday. We're staying there for both games and then heading to Dublin on Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday, and a good chunk of Wednesday, we're going to be in London. So uh, a lot on our itinerary. We got a lot of cool things planned for it as well. We are going to be vlogging each and every day. We'll have six total videos come out on YouTube for for you guys. So if you want to follow along with our our journey through Europe, check those out. We'll be posting pictures and stuff on Twitter and Instagram as well, but uh, we got a lot planned and we could not be more excited. This has been a lot of, a lot of time and effort put into this to get this all planned. And it's finally here. Oh, I'm so happy, dude. Like it's kind of cool. Like three different countries on like a, what, six, six day span. Like that's kind of nuts how I literally for the first time a couple of months ago, back in September, I left the country for the first time in my life. And now I'm hitting up three more in a week span. Like kind of crazy how these things develop. You know what I mean? Like from a guy that basically up until a couple of years ago, never even left New England. Now I'm out here going across the Atlantic ocean. It's like, Holy crap. Like that escalated quite quickly, but I'm super excited to do it. And I can't wait. I mean, it's tomorrow. It's finally here. Super cool. 
Yeah, and uh, it'll be both of our first times flying overseas. If any of you guys have any rec- recommendations, especially for food in Belfast, Dublin, or London, definitely hit us up on our social medias. We'd love to hear. Um, kind of the one thing we haven't really planned yet, food has kind of been an afterthought. We were going to just kind of play it by ear and see what we come across. But if you guys have any recommendations, we would love to hear them for sure. Um, they were, I know the food was a big hit in the um, the Burlington vlog that we made back last season. So uh, definitely looking forward to that too. But yeah, that's that's our trip. Um, Going to have to hit the hay real early tonight to get ourselves ready for it. Um, and yeah, uh, I think that's all, all I got. Anything else? No, that's it. I'm getting ready to uh, finish up packing right now and hopefully be good to go for tomorrow. I'm can't reiterate super excited i know it doesn't not teeming with enthusiasm right now but that's just because i'm thinking about trying to get some sleep in and actually be fully energized for this trip so just trying to work that out in my mind right now but that'll be i'll i'll, I'll cross that bridge when i get there and i guess we'll we'll cross that pond when we get there as well so that'll be yeah. that'll be fun one more thing if any of you guys are actually going to belfast also let us know we'd love to talk we know uh, a couple of people that are going but love to hear some more people who listen to the pod who are going i think it'd be cool so uh yeah that's everything we have next time you hear from us it will be from belfast we're gonna be recording right after game one so um this is the last you'll hear of us in america for this weekend overall uh super pumped you heard us say that a bunch of times we're just super excited um and super excited to see some umass wins as well so without further ado go umass Go UMass, take care everybody, on to Belfast.